Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our show offers a friendly conversation with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by the Learnit family of companies, including Autism Spectrum Therapies, Trellis Services, and Desert Choice Schools, helping all children succeed in school and life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I am Executive Vice President at Autism Spectrum Therapies and the Learnit family of companies providing ABA services, um, as well as a number of other things to individuals with autism and special needs across the country. Um, super excited about today's show. Um, I feel like today is one of those like special days where we get to kind of look behind the curtain, see a different world, and, and get a sense of Hollywood. Um, you know, I I may be in LA, but I feel like it's uh it's still pretty exciting and an unknown world to me, despite being about 20 minutes away. Um, we're going to talk today with uh, a really interesting guest who we had the opportunity to uh, to speak with, um, named Rachel Israel. Um, and Rachel is the writer and director of a new film called Keep the Change. Um, smaller film that. Uh, Probably most of you have not heard about, um, but one that um, we want people to hear more about. Um, it recently won some awards at the Tribeca Film Festival, um, and it's a, a romantic comedy um, about two individuals with autism who um, meet and fall in love. And it's just um, it's a film that I got the opportunity to to get a sneak peek of that I'm really excited to be able to share with all of you guys. It's it's something a lot more authentic, um, just from a romantic comedy point of view, in, in my opinion, um, and by no means an expert, but one that um, not only gives a, a nice, authentic experience about just two people meeting each other, um, but it, it just has such a great perspective of life on the spectrum. And I think one of the big reasons for that is um, – the majority of the actors in this film, the the two leads in this film in particular, are both individuals with autism. Um, they're real life individuals on the spectrum, um, and um, this is not a autobiographical film, but definitely inspired by a lot of things that um, some some individuals experience themselves. and And there's a lot of themes in it that that we've gotten to talk about in this show with a lot of different guests. So my guest today is the writer and director of uh, Keep the Change, which is a unique narrative feature film cast with non-professional actors with autism, all of whom are members of the Adaptations Group at the Jewish Community Center of Manhattan. Keep the Change uh, was recently uh, screened at the Tribeca Film Festival, where it won Best U.S. Narrative Feature, Best New Narrative Director, and a special mention in the Nora Ephron Prize. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by their writer and director, Rachel Israel. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Um, so really excited to talk to you about this movie. It, um, I mean, everything I've seen so far, it just it looks awesome. Um, and actually, a lot of it kind of resonates to me, both as like growing up in New York and, and doing what I do. Um, but I was kind of hoping you could maybe talk to us a little bit about, like, you know, what was the genesis of Keep the Change? Like, what inspired the movie itself? 
Yeah. Um, I came to the subject through the lead actor of the film, uh, Brandon Polanski, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine of now it's like 16 years. And wow. um, is kind of through some of his personal uh, relationship experiences that I got inspired to um, make a, make this a uh, love story. And that's, that's really how I kind of sort of stepped into it. Um, the, the project grew from there, so it's not it's not autobiographical, or it's not biographical, um, but it did, it mm-hmm. did start from that uh, personal inspiration. So is it just, you know, one of those, you, you kind of hear a unique story from Brandon about just, you know, what it's been like to, to be on the spectrum and have to kind of go through the dating world um, and just kind of those, that feeling that that was an interesting take on just dating in general, or was it something a little different? Yeah, well, I guess for as long as I had known Brandon, he had been looking for a girlfriend, and mm-hmm. uh, he was, you know, very outgoing, um, and kind of meeting up against a lot of failure for all these years trying online dating and, and other things like mm-hmm. that. And then he came to this community, um, the one that we actually feature in the film, and that's where he met a very serious relationship. Um, and then was watching that relationship and the positive impact that it had on him that really inspired me. Um, once we then set out to make to make it as a film, um, in casting we cast Samantha Ellis Austin, who actually is, is a young woman from that community, though not his girlfriend. Um, okay. And I think it really kind of took flight once we cast her because it, it broke away from being about the actual relationship and instead became about how would these two people fall in love. Was the intention always to cast individuals with special needs in this role or in these roles, or was that something that kind of, again, evolved as you kind of started working on the movie? Yeah. Uh, well, from the beginning, I I felt I should cast Brandon. Um, I just I knew him so well. Even though he didn't have professional acting experience yet, I felt like I could work with him and I would kind of learn how to direct him. And I couldn't think of anyone better to to play the the role. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought it would be very hard to find a neurotypical actor to do it. Um, yeah. Though we did, uh, I first made a short film with him, and, and I spent like a year working with acting exercises with him. Um, and I wow. originally thought, you know, I'll cast a neurotypical actress as the love interest. Um, so I thought that, you know, we had worked for so long on the script, and I thought that that might be a better way to keep the story contained, working with someone who had more traditional acting skills. Um, and so we went through a long auditioning process and nothing felt right. It all felt um, kind of manipulative um, when we were looking at the audition tapes. And um, then I started thinking about, you know, other people from the community and um, started looking there. And uh, Samantha just fell into place immediately. Um, so once once I started working with the two of them and we made this short film, uh, mm-hmm. I totally embraced the idea of it being, you know, authentically cast all around. Um, that really worked well. You know, it it definitely has authenticity to it. I mean, watching everyone and the different personalities, I mean, having worked with individuals with special needs for so long, 
I like that there's a different everyone kind of represents a different personal memory for me. You know, I, I, I watched Brandon and I immediately thought of this one person who who I worked with for a long time and um he was much younger, but I'm like, this is this was him this like component of his personality and, and so on and so forth through the cast. Um so I, I think you definitely got that authenticity. I'm curious, was that as you start to progress with it, as you start to take on individuals with special needs, was there any, um, has there been any, or was there any, I guess, like stigma of, of how outsiders to the project viewed it? Um, was it viewed or, or the opposite, like very positively in, in, in that authentic way that, that I was describing? I don't think I've met, come across any negative, negative response to, to the casting. I do think mm-hmm. it helped us a lot to have made a short film first before doing the feature, mm. just so people could see what this would look like. I think it would be very hard for people to uh, imagine without having without seeing an example of what what it would feel like. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, people sometimes have a response when seeing it that oh, it's it's you know the acting is so good, I can't believe that the cast is on the spectrum, which is um, uh, I know some of my cast are really offended by that when they hear when they hear that response. But it, it, I think it just reveals that people don't are not used to seeing this, and so they do have these uh, preconceptions preconceptions about what a, what a performance by someone on the spectrum will look like. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was kind of something I was curious about, kind of getting more into. You know, we have. You know, I personally have some past clients and and even some current clients who say, you know, my goal is to be an actor. Um, and and I yeah. even have become aware of like talent agents who specialize in working with individuals with special needs. Um, so I mean, I I always gotten the impression that they face just just like in life, additional and greater challenges. Um, to overcome. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it, it ha- was that something that any of the cast members kind of experienced? Um, because I know this is a lot of the, it, from what I could tell on IMDb, it was a lot of the first acting experiences for a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. members. Like you said, Brandon had, hadn't been an actor before. Um, I mean, Brandon, I wor- again, I worked with him for a year on acting exercises before we even made the short film. So he had, uh, he had that training going in. I spent a lot of time with the you know, the cast one on one, finding out the right way to work with them individually. Um mm. I didn't it was people asked me is it was there, you know, anything frust like what was the most frustrating part of that and, and and so forth. And honestly it was challenging in just in a very positive way challenging. Um but nothing frustrating about it. Um it was kind of a, a fun riddle to solve with each cast member. How do we get the best, how do we, you know, together get the best performance out of you? Um, and I think just for, for me, very similar to what it would be working with any person who hasn't been trained as an actor before. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I know enough about like 
the industry to like ask a couple of intelligent questions, but the reality is I, I've I've never been a part of it. I've I've never been part of a movie. Um, I think the closest I've come mm-hmm. to anything is is my college roommate's um, senior film because he was a film major. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. is that approach you talked about having to find different ways to work with each actors? Is that mm-hmm. ultimately very unique, or is that more common to what you would have in an, in any other directing experience? It's not as unique as it sounds. It's kind of it's really the approach that as a director you should take with any any actor yeah. is finding what works best for them. Um, it's mm-hmm. just more pronounced when it was more pronounced in this situation, and it was. Um, I think a lot of times when working with a you know a professional trained actor, even if you give bad direction, then they'll mm-hmm. they have enough skill that they can take it and they'll figure it out on their own mm-hmm. and kind of correct your bad directing. Um, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, so here, uh, there just wasn't the there wasn't the room for that. We really did have to work together well. Um, but and then there's also like Samantha. There's a there's a tremendous amount of growth with Samantha between making the short film and the feature. And I think that you know now that she's had that experience, she can go on and uh, and can totally continue working professionally. So it's nice. just, just a learning curve. Did you you know you talk about the learning experience and and I, I thinking of just the characters in the movie you know they're they're participating in this you know they're doing drama therapy they're doing all these different kind of groups um, did you have the benefit or consult with any other kind of professionals in in the special needs community to kind of help with some of that kind of research as to understanding how to connect with each actor? Um, no. I did. I, I got to know them over, you know, over some years, uh, just by kind of right. working on this project, get being in the world, and I just approached it as I would get to know them individually as people, and mm-hmm. um, that would be the foundation of our working relationship. Um, I did have the, you know, tremendous support of that community uh, at the JCC, yeah. um, mm. who were the ones who originally gave me access to come in and, and meet people, but it, it took off from there so that we built personal relationships. Nice. You know, kind of along the theme of just individuals on the spectrum, one interested in acting, you know, I, I feel like I would uh, I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't ask, like, do you have any recommendations, being a writer, being a director, you know, if there's people on the spectrum who, who are passionate about acting, um, just with your experiences through the short store, through the short film, through this this full length film, um, do you have any advice for them, recommendations for them of kind of like how to continue to pursue this? It's it's hard because I feel like there's not that the, you know I think that um, just getting out there like to any actor getting out there and being mm-hmm. courageous enough to go to auditions is, is the best advice I can give. But it's a very hard thing to be an actor. I I uh, yeah. have a great admiration for people that have the courage to go out and do that. Um, I know that Samantha, both Brandon and Samantha want to continue acting, and uh, I know that Samantha is particularly active in you know going out and pursuing auditions. I know at least one aspiring actor who listens to our show, and so I uh, specifically yeah. wanted to make sure I asked you that for him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I'm curious about kind of going back to the movie itself. You know, some of the the features. Um, you know, you, you mentioned people were surprised about 
some people were like, oh, wow, I can't believe how good they were given um, being uh, having special needs or being on the spectrum. You know, I, I'm curious. Um, you know, we're the, the, the people we see on the screen, you know, obviously um, – Samantha and Brandon, you know, they're very different um, in in how they are. Um, their personalities, at least at first, seem very different. Um, is, is that true to them? Are, are they, you know, is this one of those caricatures of themselves, or is this a complete departure? Um, and one of the reasons why I asked that question is, like I said, there's something about the – as I was, <laughs> I was watching, I felt um, – something about it reminded me of, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, a little bit of that kind of, like, dry New York Jewish humor. And, and for me personally, mm-hmm. being that – I identify as that because that's me. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of – resonated with me very quickly in that way and I was curious if it was if it was that type of performance where it's kind of just like dialing up um, their own personalities or if they were actually kind of going a completely different direction yeah I mean we, we dialed we started with who they were and we dialed some things up and we pressed mm-hmm. some other things down um, so um, it's both you know has uh, we both come drawing from who they were and had the strength of that, but also removing it from uh, reality, making a piece of fiction and giving them the freedom to mm-hmm. play then within these fictional versions of themselves. Um, they're, the characters they play are definitely different from who they are in life, but but we were drawing from some aspects. You know, we discovered when, when we cast Samantha, because um, I had written a script around sort of this, this other vision of the character and then once we cast her it was really very liberating to put that aside and and discover the characters based on the cast discover who the characters would be in this story based on the casting you know i I mean hearing that again like i i I feel like that that comment about you know people being surprised how good the acting was i mean i think that would be another thing where the majority of people who don't know autism um, would would be surprised by that. They would be surprised yeah. by that that social piece, that creativity piece, and you know, and obviously that's become kind of a stereotype of autism, um, which is not true. I mean, some individuals with autism I know are some of the most social people I know, um, and she's yeah. a very social character, outgoing character in this in this film. Um, I'm curious the response you, you've gotten. You mentioned one response, um, but I'm curious specifically about the response. Um, from from the special needs community, I know you said they've been very um, supportive of of the project. Um, what what has their response been of uh, of the film so far? Yeah, um, I've I mean everyone who's been involved in the film that's seen it has had a very uh, I think they've had a very positive response to it. And then um, going around actually real abilities where we're screening um, this week I think will be our first uh, disability festival so otherwise we've gone around to a lot of other festivals and people mm-hmm. have come out from the disabilities community to see it and um mm-hmm. it's just been it's been a very positive emotional response to the film another thing i just kind of want to touch upon that I, I think really resonated for me is and you mentioned it as part of the inspiration is you know brandon talking about his experiences with online dating and there was something about it that felt very authentic um, not just to, I think, like professionally speaking, I feel like just gen, like to everybody, like that 
some of what is on the screen kind of, that I took away from it is how how little I think we kind of within the community really focus in on that online dating component. Like we've we've talked about mm-hmm. dating and sexuality on the show. We've talked about a lot of things about online social media culture, but you know the okay, I set up this online date. I'm showing up to the date, um, yeah. and you know what is being disclosed. And you know there's it. It's not overtly said, but there is a, a degree of you know hey look, I'm going out of my way not to disclose this. And I thought there was. Yeah. There's something about that that really spoke to me from a – I like personally, like, we may be missing the boat. This is something that I don't think we talk about, and it was it was refreshing to see something that spoke to me as like a person of, hey, we all have the shared experience as well as professionally that I can yeah. see um, I'm missing something. Yeah. For David's character, the online dating is kind of always – perpetually the perfect storm because he's very good verbally and, you know, in writing sets himself up a certain way. Um, And then in person, everything he's been holding back comes out and the rejection is just that much harder because he's kind of set himself up so high. Um, I think online dating is difficult for anyone. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's a whole. It's like a whole subculture now of of what it's yeah. become. I'm like, I feel like I'm just old enough that I re- it really wasn't a big thing. So I feel like I missed most yeah. of it. But I do have a lot right. of friends who who rely heavily on it still. Um, yeah. You, you you mentioned this this perfect storm, and I and I don't you know I'm, I purposely don't want to give too much away um, about the film because I know it's it's already been released in at Tribeca, and I know with all the releases coming up at at the festival and a few others you've mentioned, um, I'm, I'm particularly curious about the sunglasses, um, mm-hmm. and um, David wearing the sunglasses, and you know the 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 story behind that, and and is that supposed to like represent anything more um, because I I did find it interesting how his behavior was different with them on and with them off. The sunglasses come from something that Brandon brought to the role. He he likes wearing Mm -hmm. sunglasses um, and it's difficult for him to take them off. He feels a lot more vulnerable with them off. So I I, I liked them as a prop. I thought that they were um, uh, one one of his character's shields. And yeah. so we, you know, when we were designing the film, we knew what scenes we would t- have them off when he was able to be more vulnerable, and what scenes mm-hmm. they would need to stay on. There, there was a couple parts where I, I mean, I just kind of, I, I didn't notice the the vulnerability piece. I feel like the the professional, like you know, the behavioral therapist came out, and I kind of like uh-huh. I saw the coping mechanism piece to it. Like, okay, got it. Yeah. We've got a coping mechanism in place. This seems to how he's using it. And what really kind of hit me was when you said, like, about the online dating with how good he is with words versus, okay, now you get out behind the screen or behind the text messages and, and it kind of is this perfect storm. It, it felt the same way when the sunglasses came off to me of, um, up oh, the coping mechanisms are gone, the security blanket is gone, and now, yeah. you know, now I'm naked and now I'm alone and I have to really deal with everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm curious. There's you've done a short film. 
about this. Um, now there's a full-length film. Um, you know, I, from what I, you know, you've shared kind of as we've been leading up to the show, um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot to this material. Um, so what else are you trying to do with this? I know you have a few other ideas of of how to kind of take this material to uh, in in other mediums or I guess in other in other uh, areas. Yeah. Um, well, since since finishing the feature, I've been working to develop this as uh, an idea for a TV series, working with a lot of the same cast. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of you know rich diversity and character in the world, and um, be pretty excited to explore that through the you know the wide canvas that TV gives you. So we're excited That'd about awesome. that. That would be really cool. I mean, it seems like yeah. that is. It seems like now's the time. I mean, not again, not to kind of throw out, but you've got the Good Doctor, you've got the show on um, on Netflix um, that whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, yeah. But even you know shows like um, you know shows like Speechless on ABC, like there, there seems to be this growing um, acceptance of people who are different on on TV yeah. in particular. I feel like that's something I've my, my wife and I talk a lot about it actually because we watch all of those shows, and so it's, it's yeah. something we've kind of commented on just the difference of dating as well as family dynamics and you know who represents who on the screen nowadays. Yeah, and there's right because there's also uh, a conversation going about authentic casting, though I don't think mm-hmm. that that has really fully spread to um, to, to people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And it should. So I think that our show would would uh, hopefully help push that even further. Do you think that um, the the slowness to spread is that just more of those stereotypes that we've already spoken about, or is there another issue? Do you think at play there? Um, I think it's the stereotypes we've spoken about, and people still have. Um, when talking, you know, people are somehow more readily able to accept the idea of, you know, a transgender actor, but for some mm-hmm. reason when you go into uh, disability, then they still have this misconception that a person wouldn't be able to to do this kind of acting. Uh, but I think they just have to see it, and then it will be normalized. You know, I think with, with that in mind, what it, it, I was kind of thinking to myself um, – you know, a lot of these shows, these are younger actors. These are, you know, even The Good Doctor, I mean, he's a younger-looking person. Um, yeah. We're not seeing necessarily adults. And when I look at um, when I look at Brandon, when I look at Samantha, like, they look like adults. You know, I'm, they're, yeah. they, they don't look like, oh, well, this is a 22-year-old. You know, these, these are adults. And I, I don't know how often... I'm trying to think, like, how often have we seen that um, right. in in both movie and TV? Yeah, I think it's something that really needs to be seen, that we need to see what adult lives look like uh, on the spectrum, which is, you know, there's not one answer to it. It's it's infinitely varied. Oh, and especially, and I think, adult lives that are not, you know, they're not living in, like, I think it's interesting, like, it's not a hospital it's not right. a big group home. Like these are people moving across New York City. Like, okay, great. Here's my yeah. bus route, and 
you know, here's, okay, I take a cab or, you know, and in and, and David's case, he has a driver sometimes, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's a and different have, dynamic. You know, and that's the one thing, though, I think to me that maybe it's just because of this show, the sex life piece of it is the least surprising of everything to me. And, and I may just be unique uh-huh. there, but that's actually the one yeah. thing that is the least surprising. Um, it, it may be because of the show. It may be because, like, I've worked in group homes, I've worked in hospitals, and I've worked with a very diverse sets of individuals. And, I mean, I, I can say for firsthand, um, though sexual desires are not about cognition, they're not about disability, they're not about anything. Like, that's that's human beings and um, I've worked with senior citizens, and that doesn't go away with as you get older either. It's, right. So to me, right. some, like that was actually the least surprising thing. Um, Good. Uh, yeah, I think so, some people are surprised by it, are surprised that you know we we go there in the film. Um, really. But it's the most nat- yeah, but but it's the most natural place to go from uh, with these characters. <laughs> I, I think what for me what was most what was really interesting is how they got there, not necessarily that they got there. Um, right. And, and it's you know it's the it's the it's I know it's one of those romantic comedy type of things. It's like the quirky way that you go from here to here, and that realization of like oh I kind of like this person. Um, again, yeah. like true to everything else, it's it's unique, it's specific, it's not the it you know it has the things you expect to see in a romantic comedy, but certainly not formulaic in how it's presented. Um, which you know, as a guy who doesn't generally see very many romantic comedies, um, I, I would <laughs> say like it, it it kind of it grabbed me and kept me much more engaged than the average romantic comedy that I'll I'll sit down and watch with my wife. Um, you know, again, there was something just unique about it. There was something true about it. Thank you. It's great to hear. So, um, so for everyone out there, you know, we are. You mentioned this is coming up. Where, you know, where is the, um, where is the film going to be showing, um, in in the coming weeks, so people who are interested or or people want to follow this um, can get more involved and kind of see what we're talking about. Yeah, we have our uh, theatrical premiere in New York, March sixteenth at the Quad okay. Cinema. And um, then we open in L.A. the following week, uh, March 23rd. Uh, at the same time, San Francisco and Chicago and um, nice. a bunch of other cities. So we really start our national rollout after that. That's awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. It was so great to talk about the film. It was great um, It was great to be able to, to kind of get a sneak peek and see it on my own. I really appreciate that. Um, and, and like I said, I just, I really enjoyed it. I just, um, there, there was just something very original about it, but also something that, that as unique as it was, it also just kind of resonated. Um, and like I said, on multiple levels, there was, a there was a New York level, um, there was, uh, aspects of the family re- resonate with me and it just, you know, it was just a great film. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on the program. It really was an honor to to be with you guys. Thanks a lot. So as promised, I think we had a a great conversation with Rachel. Um, You know, going into this, I was really excited to learn about just individual in the spectrum acting. You know, as I mentioned, um, I have some some 
past clients and um, some friends on the spectrum who acting is, is what they want to do. And I couldn't help but think about them this whole show um, and, and leading up to this show because um, so much of the screen not only represents what they want personally in relationships, but, but also what they're looking for for a career. Um, and, and for me, what, what's so cool about this project, um, not only the, the, the fact that all of these individuals with special needs and with autism are the actors in the show itself, but what Rachel talked about, how she got through to each actor, how she directed each actor, um, was not something I was expecting. I, I expected the individualization, um, but I actually did think, you know, maybe with this this collaboration with the JCC and with this with this group um, adaptations, um, maybe there were some consulting of well, what's the best way to direct or what's the best way to give the instructions. And what I think is so cool about what she did is she just got to know each one. She spent time with each person, getting to know them on a personal level. And what I love about that is there's not a single person who couldn't do that. You know, I, I feel like sometimes I meet people and they say, well, you know, you must be so patient to your ability to do this work. And, and as you listeners know, I, I do not consider myself patient at all. I, I, I have other people who say, well, you have all this training, you know, that's the only way you're able to connect with these people um, with special needs. And, and certainly I, I have a lot of training and have put a lot of years into my work, but, but I don't think that's what it's about. I, I, I think it really is what Rachel's talking about is connecting with people on a personal level. And it's not about training. It's not about patience. It's not about some attribute. It's, it's about just, taking the time to get to know someone. And every single one of us do that every single day. Um, we're constantly developing new relationships. And um, the, the walls that we put up, the barriers we put up to employing someone with autism, um, making a friend with autism, um, hiring someone with autism, coaching someone with autism, you, you name it, really can be broken down by just that sitting down, getting to know someone, what makes them tick, and then how we can relate to them. Um, it certainly sounds simple. I know it's, it's more complicated than that just in terms of, you know, that's not an easy thing to do is just to get to know someone that way. Um, but it can be done, and we can all do it. And so it gives me a lot of hope for what it is we need ahead. Um, we certainly need public policy, certainly funding reform. We certainly need a lot of things that are, you know, difficult to achieve, but this is something that everyone can do, and that gets me pretty excited. So as I said at the, at the close of our conversation with Rachel, um, if you're out there, you know, I, I love this show, this movie. I thought it was outstanding. Um, it, it really was a, was a film that, that just engaged me very quickly. Um, and uh, as, as I was joking after our show, um, even the title was something that kind of hit me <laughs> way after the fact because I didn't get the title at first, and then I did, and, and it made me laugh, you know, hours later. Um, 
so if you're in those cities that, that Rachel mentioned, definitely check this film out. Um, definitely recommend it. I think it's something you'll enjoy as well as kind of for all of you listeners out there who connect with, with autism and individuals with special needs. It'll, it'll speak to you on that level as well. As always, take care. Have a great week. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.learnitsystems.org backslash family. Know an inspiring group or individual we should talk to? We would love to hear more from you at more info at autismtherapies.com. Want to hear more? Listen to previous episodes at www.allautismtalk.com. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.